Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Mormon's Podcast Podcast. Flashpoints. Uh, I am George. I'm here with Reese in the studio. Hello, Reese. Hello, George. I'm here with John in the studio. Hello, John. Hello, George. And I'm with Sean via Skype. Hi, Sean. Good evening, gentlemen. <laughs> he is uh, in sunny Effingham. He couldn't make it over for the uh, recording tonight. So I'm joining you live by satellite. Yeah, the late booking. Mm. Late booking. Yeah. i Sam Aladiciogram here. Aladiciogram. A Sam Aladiciogram. Um, so, should we start with talking about the Man City game? Let's. So, we. I didn't actually go, so it's probably best not for me not to introduce... Did you see game. any of it, though, George? I watched it from 35 minutes till the third goal, so I saw their second and our goal, and then uh, left just before the third went in. I was in a pub in Warwick, or Leamington Spa, to be more accurate, uh, at a family occasion, and uh, managed to watch a bit of the game in, a, in TJ's Bar in Leamington Spa. Oh, wow. For those of you good, listening in Leamington Spa, in. you probably know it. Yeah. And uh, So, yeah, Sean or John, do you want to talk about the game I itself? I think John should start, and he can talk about his, his friend he brought along, who may be returning to West Ham. <laughs> like this. Uh, well, I don't need to talk about my friend I brought along because he just came along. Uh, I thought. Well, give a shout out to Joe. Yeah, hi Joe. And the fact that he won't ever listen to it. But, um, the game, I thought we obviously set up the same as we did against Tottenham, but we didn't have the same intensity as we did against Tottenham. We looked a little bit sort of lackadaisical compared to where we were Tottenham. But then that said, City looked a better team. And so he blew up against a better opposition. Um, so yeah, we, we actually did it. it was pretty obvious we didn't have a striker. It was, you know, all the things that you, know, you suspect might have happened if it had not gone to play at all. And a bit more evidence against City. But that said, I think at times we looked 
that's alright. Um, especially I've just pulled out gold now for the spell where we put them under. But, you know, I know where I got the Guerra. The Guerra is um, just good. And silver is good. think it all began um well let's go back to the very beginning so when we arrived we arrived to blue smoke in the concourse um i'm asthmatic so it wasn't a good start me wheezing away um and i thought we started off sam aladici technical genius decided well it worked at white heart lane let's try the force nine again or as neil mcdonald would call it the four four two when the two play back with do you mean, the other four. Do you mean Kevin McDonald? Yeah, Kevin McDonald, of course. Good job. Good start, um, Sean. So, but they weren't, you know, they they were wise to this from from the start. And although I would say for the first fifteen minutes before we conceded the first goal, we were in it. We didn't have the possession. I mean, they certainly had a lot of the possession, but we were in it, and you could see us nabbing a goal, and we'd, we'd had a few chances. But we started singing a song, you're just a shit Carlos Tevez, you're just a shit Carlos Tevez to Aguero. In my view, just spurred him on and he got his first goal. We kept on singing it, he got his second goal. Sean, I don't think he can play it. I can, I can say that. You've had your point, John, let me say mine. You probably don't even understand it. Mm. And then we sung There's Only One Carlos Tevez. Um, I think well, it's Aguero. I think huh? it's comical, right? This this loving with Tevez. I think we've probably said this so before. So we then start saying there's only one. T- Tevez. <laughs> just completely ignored you. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I know you're saying about loving, but I am ignoring you. Um, <clears throat> and then of course Ricardo Vazte. So here's a guy puts in his transfer request. Doesn't love the club anymore. Wants to go. But fair play to him. He's got back on the horse. I don't know if if you're being cynical, you could say he's just doing it to try and. <laughs> prove himself just uh, so job. he gets sold in January. But what a bicycle kick. And I don't know if you saw him straight afterwards, but he points to the badge and he goes right over to the crowd. And there's passion Did he point at the badge, did he? He pointed at the didn't badge. Spot that pointed myself. to the badge. And um, didn't kiss it, but he pointed to it. Ran over to the crowd and celebrated. Celebrated with a teammate. And there's someone who wants to play and he wants to prove the point. I'm surprised he didn't point at Sam Allardyce. And after we went... To you know, we we got our consolation goal. We were two one. We really had a good spell, and I thought we could have got the equaliser. I but agree. we started singing the song that you're just a shit. So basically, the whole result depended on this song. Is that what you're yeah. saying? Interesting. And um, <laughs> and he scored his hat trick, and and that was it. End story. You know, game over. End but story. We said at the end. No disrespect. Bullies, you know, they weren't booed off. They were clapped because I think we gave a good account of ourselves. If I want to pick one person that stood out, it's man of the match, Mark Noble, who had a tremendous game. One of the best games I've seen him play for a long, long while. Uh, Ravel Morrison didn't live up to his hype today. He had an off game. Didn't do that much considering how much he's been hyped lately. Everyone thought he was going to score a goal, etc. Didn't look that special today. Uh, Rat bit disappointed in Rat, to be honest. Um, he lost the ball several times, and his passing was absolutely atrocious, certainly in the first half. Um, I think that's a bit so strong, Sean. Well, it was. It was. 
It, wasn't, it, was. it wasn't brilliant, but it wasn't atrocious. It was atrocious. He's not fit to wear the shirt. Who's this? Sorry, <laughs> oh, there we go. Rat. Rat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't it's know. Not, Jarvis like, wasn't sorry. very effective, was he? Um, no, and Jar- I'll tell you who I'm in reserve my worst criticism for, and then I'm finished. Patrick, waste of space. I would have bought on Carlton Cole. I haven't seen anything oh, of that shut guy. Shut up. Sean. I haven't seen anything of <laughs> Petrich that makes me want to think he was worth the wages. Even though it was a free transfer, he was worth the wages. He's gone for waste about 10 minutes. He's only played about half an hour for us in total. I tell you, mm. rubbish for every one of those 30 minutes. I'll tell you who, who wasn't there no, on Saturday. It was Nolan. Yeah, agreed. He, was, he didn't do well, a thing. He wasn't there at all when he got taken off, John. Well, exactly. But I tell you, it's just... Oh, Sean, what are you like? I, I, <laughs> I don't think you can really go on a... Um, rat. rat was all right. Everyone, they were just... Anyway, how can you blame Rat when it's all because we sang a song, Sean? We lost the game. Well, don't we sung don't a try song. and blame the players, Sean. It's clearly mm. all down and to I the I don't fans. even have Aguero in my dream team, so I was, I've missed a trick there. Torre, who I have got in my dream team, had a pretty mediocre game. Mm. Yeah, he's got a history of scoring against us as well. He has. I thought he was one to watch, but he wasn't. So let's have a quick look at the stats. Uh, West Ham had 37% possession. Man City had the other 63%. West Ham had 11 shots with two on target. City had 15 shots with nine on target. So they were the better team, the stats say so. Mm. Um, There's no West Ham till I die player stats, Sean. Yeah, why is that, George? Because Ian Dale is in Dubrovnik. He is, yes. Oh. And uh, Sean has put, it's safe to say, Mark Noble was best player and Petrich was the last. <laughs> yeah. On, do you disagree when it gets put up that that's what it will say? I don't, I don't know. Think it will say Petrich. Right, who will it be? You say the name. It'll be right? Nolan. Ooh, controversial, John. I think it will be. I think people are starting to realise he's not really, he's certainly not the same player without Carroll about him and Carroll do have a link Long up. balls. West Ham United had 63, Manchester City had 51. Most long balls, excluding the goalkeepers, was Razvan Rat for us with 10 and Xavi long Garcia for Manchester long City ball merchant. with 8. <laughs> long ball merchants. We're long so, ball merchants. Uh, oh, well. The stats say we are long ball merchants and that City outplayed us. But what can you expect? Their, their team's worth how about much is that? How much have they got? Us. How much did their team cost? I'm not sure. You should know that sort of thing, sure. Probably. It's hundreds of They're millions. just a better Tottenham at the end hundreds of the day. They, they are, and I'll tell you yeah, what, I thought they played really well. Now, sometimes they turn up and they don't play. They turned up, they played it's really well. It's their first away win of the season. Yeah, if they play like that, if they, if maybe they've kicked to a new gear. If they play like that, they can win the league. Mm. Yeah. They were anyway, all pretty good goals anyway. They were. Yeah, they so. were. Yeah. So, Sean, you actually took your recording device and did a bit of an outside broadcast, but I've listened back to it and none of it's worth listening to, apart yeah, from this bit. All 1-0 down after 15 minutes. I'm not sure why I'm... Thanks for that piece of insightful journalism yeah, there, but Sean. Let me just tell you what happened. Not, not sure what happened. If, not sure what let happened. me tell you, maybe John can back me up on this, right? It was at the other end, yeah? And what happened, remember, we're at Sir Trevor Brook in Lower, and it's completely other end. My eyesight's not as good. And it just seemed like we stopped playing. We just stopped. And I thought the referee had blown up. And then Aguero just went on and scored the goal. I didn't know it was Aguero at the time, of course. Um, I had to ask Sarah. But the point was, 
<laughs> what he does, John he asks, me up. He asks John, Sarah me up. who back. scores, and she tells him, but he doesn't believe us. Who really asks <laughs> back me up. Didn't they just stop? West Ham stopped playing, and you showed this in Match of the Day. They just stopped playing, and, and Aguero just carried on. Like I don't know if they were looking for offside or... 1-0 Man City. Not sure what happened. Anyway. But, John, back me up. <laughs> John, <laughs> please back me up, John. <laughs> Drag John into this. I was expecting it. So let's listen to what Sam Allardyce had to say after the game, as ever. I'm sure he had a few things to say. Sean, would you like to introduce it from Effingham, please? Let's see what the gaffer had to say. Well, Sam, your team made quite a go of it for a spell in the second half, but I guess the problem was Manchester City were already two up by that point. Yeah, you can't can't expect to... uh... Um, gift Man City two goals like we gifted them today and they expect to make a fist of it after we've gone 2-0 down and I think to be fairness to the lads they had a a right goal after that and created Man City a lot of problems and a really good goal we scored but you know before that we were nowhere near our best and I always said um, if we're going to get a result against the Manchester City then we have to be at our very best and they have to have an off day for us to beat them um, we weren't at our best until a brief spell after we went two, back to 2-1. I thought they were at the best today and they showed some outstanding quality that we we unfortunately have to accept because of the size and the power and the money that they've got we couldn't live with today. So um, uh, that's um, that's the difference between the, the top, the middle and the lower end of this, of this league and it certainly at times showed, I think, today, particularly in the first half. But doubly frustrating, I guess, for you sitting on the bench when, you know, um, Aguero gets that free header so early in the second half. Yeah, like I said, I mean, we, you know, we work in situations like an awful lot. It's, to be fair, it's the first... Well, we have conceded a couple of goals from the edge of the box, but they've been terrific um, free kicks that we've uh, we've conceded and I think there was little we could do to stop them, but we certainly should have stopped that one. And just after half-time, when we were looking for a bit of reaction, but we did get a reaction. You know, we could have easily, you know, felt sorry for ourselves and maybe even could have lost to this team. You could have lost three or four nil, but we made a spirited comeback. But um, didn't find the sort of form that we showed at Tottenham, both in and out of possession today, and that was then always very difficult to uh, to compete with Manchester City. A lot of talk about the, the 4-6-0 formation from the last match, the interchangeability of the, the six midfield players. From your point of view, is it really a case of getting the, the best from the resources that you've got available at this moment? Because you don't have too many strike out-and-out striking options, do you? Well, it didn't work today, did it? You know, I think that um, uh, you know the lads didn't apply themselves as well as they did at Tottenham, and that's what I'm saying. We had to play our best today uh, to get anything against this team. This team's, you know as I said, weight and power of spend and quality of players far greater than ours. I have five free transfer on the field, you know, today. Um, so that's, you know, in our term relevant in terms of when you look at the quality they've got to what we've got. So we try and do our best all the time when we come across the big boys. We did it at Tottenham and to probably achieve it again today would have been, would have been absolutely outstanding to do two on the trot. We've done one. We have to be very pleased with that. The difficulty is for me, it's not so much the Man City today. It was the Everton, the Stoke City before that was my uh, was my uh, concern where we had opportunities to get something out of the game and lost both of them. Now we've lost three out of four games at home and that's a real concern for me. But uh, we'll have to uh, keep our way form up now. 
make that better than it was last year but, um, by uh, going against some points at Swansea next week. So that was what Sam Allardyce had to say, Sean. What do you think about that? Well, he's always going to point to the superior team and say, you know, how can you um, Gift them to compete the against um, someone who spends millions and millions? A little bit of jealousy, eh? A little bit of the green-eyed monster coming over there, maybe. Or just being realistic. What, what, what do you think, George, of what Sam had to say? Yeah, no, I completely agree with you, Sean. I think, you know, bit bit of the green-eyed monster. I'm not going to lie, I haven't listened to it. All right? <laughs> <laughs> Neither of you, but you managed to blag your way out of it. And, uh... You know that. I'm really good at that. <laughs> John, what do you think? I agree with what I was saying. He, he, have you listened to it? He, he must have stated how we we it's very difficult to get back into a game when you've gifted a team like City a 2-0 start. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah, I agree with him. I don't agree with it, any of it. Don't know. <laughs> okay, so next on the agenda or the running order is a interview that Sean done earlier with Football Supporters Federation's own Amanda Jacks. And Sean, what did you speak to her about? So I spoke to her about two things. Um, one was about the smoke bombs that we've seen an alarming increase. We we saw them at the or flares, um, flares, yeah, smoke bombs, flares. Sparklers, whatever. Sparklers. Um, we we saw them at the um, Everton game at the Bowling, and then obviously West Ham fans set them off at White Hart Lane. But uh, and then they were set off in the concourse uh, by Man City, and when they scored their goals, and um, a lot of people complained about it. I basically tweeted about it. I was called. Do you know this word? I was called a melt. Do you know what a melt is? You'll hear it in the interview. <laughs> I didn't know what a melt was. <laughs> I was also called a C-word and other things and a soft git. Um, but, you know, and then the next day, what happened with Spurs? And they hit a linesman and um, they're going inside, mate. <laughs> but anyway, here, listen to Amanda Jacks, here, what listen. she had to say. Every, the interview, everybody else he'd wanted, we got it. And also then we quickly talk about safe standing and the Olympic Stadium as well. So here it is, Amanda Jacks. And we welcome back to more than just a podcast. It's a friend of the show. It's Amanda Jacks from the Football Supporters Federation. Hi, Amanda. Hello, Sean. Thank you very much for having me on. So uh, the reason I gave you a call, and obviously very much in the the press today, is the incident with smoke flares. And and funny enough, just to give you a bit of background, um, I, I, I sort of haven't really followed the there was a big rise of smoke flares. I think the police have said 150%. But the first I really became aware of it is smoke flares were let off at the West Ham Bowling ground at the Everton game. And I'm in the um, Sir Trevor Booking Lower and, and got a waft of that. And then at the I was at White Hart Lane where we beat Spurs 3-0. And of course, um, for each one of the goals, flares were let off there. And there was a, a bit of talk from Spurs fans saying that it had choked some of the disabled children in the disabled area just in front of it. And I, I don't know if that's true, but they're the claims they're making. Um, but bringing it up to date this weekend, I went to the Man City game that we lost. And um, as I arrived in the concourse, two flares had been let off by Man City fans. And as an asthmatic, I was choking a bit, to be honest. You know, letting off these flares in an enclosed area is, is not clever in my view. And um, I um, tweeted this out, and I tweeted out and said, you know, Man City fans have let two smoke bombs off on the concourse. 
And the amount of abuse I got from Man City fans, you know, they used the C word, they called me a melt. I don't know what a melt is, but I'm, I'm sure it's not very good. Um, and and they, they gave me a lot of grief. And this is before the incident on Sunday. They then continued to let off a few um, um, smoke bombs or flares when, when the goals went in from uh, Man City. And then, of course, we had the incident on Sunday where a linesman was hit. And it was only then that I started to do a little bit of research and lo and behold, your name came up, Amanda. Um, and I think what I'd like you to tell our listeners, because I wasn't aware of it, is the consequences if you get caught. Forget letting off a smoke bomb or smoke flare. What's the consequence if you get caught with one in your pocket, Amanda? We um, are aware of Chelsea supporters um, who, well, a Chelsea supporter, rather, who was caught with one in his pocket prior to going into a ground, and he got sent to prison. So um, the courts can and do hand down prison sentences. He wasn't the first supporter to be sent to prison. We had another one last season also imprisoned, although his sentence was reduced on appeal. And I fully expect, um, well, I'll put it like this, I wouldn't be surprised if the Spurs supporters from yesterday are also sent to prison if they are caught and convicted. Um, Clearly, you, it's against the law not only to use pyrotechnics in stadiums, but to throw missiles. And to turn a pyrotechnic into a missile is something that the courts will take incredibly seriously. And as I said, I will be surprised if um, the culprit on conviction avoids a prison sentence. Yeah, and I, I hear from certainly the Chelsea one, and I don't know if this is true, but I, I read it in the paper, so it must be true. Absolutely. Um, that they got a three-year banning order and Chelsea banned them for 10 years as well from, from Chelsea's ground as well as, as a consequence of, of that event earlier this year. Yeah, banning orders go hand in hand with whatever sentence the court hands down. Even if supporters avoid prison or, or get a suspended sentence, community-based order or a fine, then a football banning order is a near cert. Um, the minimum period will be a three-year banning order. If it goes hand-in-hand hand with a prison sentence, it can be five or six years. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if we now see the courts increasing the terms of the banning orders. If by some miracle a supporter escapes a banning order in court, then rest assured he, he will be facing one by, by his club. Yeah, I mean, I, I was called a bit of a killjoy on, on Saturday by, by Man City, but, you know, I think it is serious. As you say, a prison sentence, a criminal record, um, you, you can get a banning order in general from football and you can receive a 10-year a, a or even a life ban. I know that, that's happened at, at West Ham at times if, if it's seen... Uh, serious enough and it looks like the FA are going to get quite hot on this I did read and I'm sure you're aware that a 14 year old boy was killed in Bolivia wasn't weren't they uh, earlier this year yeah that's right um, that was actually a flare that was thrown from I think I've got this the right way around from the home supporters into the away supporters and he was hit in the face and sadly died from his injuries I, I think what we need Sean is um, a proper educational campaign by the authorities that is backed up with evidence. 
Um, I'm aware of a young boy up in the West Midlands who was hospitalised and suffered confirmed smoke damage to his lungs. I'm aware of um, people suffering quite severe asthma attacks. I'm aware of people being stretched out of stadiums with oxygen masks onto their faces. Um, thankfully, we have avoided, to the best of my knowledge, anybody suffering serious burns. Um, but again, I, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point, um, if flares in particular are used and used as missiles, somebody will get burned, and, and quite seriously. But I think, you know, and I've no wish to sound disparaging about younger people who are generally the culprits of the use of pyro, but they're probably not aware of their actions and they don't take it seriously and they won't respond to a moral panic. Um, what they might respond to is, as I said, a proper educational campaign backed up by pure hard evidence and details of people that, that have been hospitalised or suffered, as, as I said, um, breathing problems. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear, I didn't witness it myself, I said, I'm asthmatic, I, I was uh, wheezing a little bit with the smoke, but I hear... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Two two women were physically sick in in West Ham from the, you know the effects of, of smoke. I also understand from um, the government campaign earlier this year that these flares burn at sixteen hundred degree, degrees uh, Celsius, so they can cause some horrific burns, and, and they can burn for up to an hour as well. They they need to, you know they don't just burn for a small amount of time. Um, it's a real problem. You know it's not just letting a small firework off, and I guess. My concern is we're coming up to Guy Fawkes night in November and there's going to be more and more fireworks available in the shops, etc. And, you know, this craze seems to be gaining pace. Yeah, that, uh, so that's, that's what concerns me as well. It shows absolutely no sign of dis dis diminishing. Um, some clubs operate an amnesty whereby they put out bins for people to dispose of their pyro before they go into the ground. I've written a blog on the FSF website, which I circulate relatively frequently explaining the consequences. But when we're getting to the stage where we're saying to people, look, you can seriously go to prison, 
And if you avoid prison and you get a banning, uh, so you get a criminal record at a relatively young age, that is potentially going to have lifelong consequences for you. It might affect your job prospects. It might affect your further education prospects. It might affect your insurance. It might affect you traveling to certain countries. And if people aren't understanding these messages or thinking, oh, well, I'm not going to get caught, then I, I don't know quite where we can go next to try and deter their use. And I think as well, supporters need to take into account that as, a, as away fans, every, every away game they go to, their game is going to be categorized by the police. And that category has a direct um, impact on how many police and stewards you see at the stadium. Now, some stadiums, um, when you go to as an away fan, some fans might say they're over-policed, you know, riot gear, dogs, and all the rest of it is not fair. It's just because we're West Ham or Spurs or Chelsea or Millwall or whoever. But every time away fans start using pyro, the security rating is going to go up at their next game. And I don't know about you, but I don't particularly want to, as an away fan, be confronted by police in riot gear or have sniffer dogs sniffing around me to try and sniff out these devices. Football should surely right. be welcoming. And we don't, do we really want a hostile-ish environment created before we've even walked through the turnstiles? And, yeah. of course, such policing and stewarding operations cost money. And it's reasonable to say that that cost will be passed back to supporters. And it can also have an impact on allocation. Before every game, the allocation is decided. Next time West Ham go back to White Hart Lane, I wouldn't be at all surprised if the safety advisory group take the decision to cut allocation because, well, not wholly because, but partially because West Ham supporters use pyro at White Hart Lane. So it might mean that you know, a couple of hundred people won't have an opportunity to go back to Spurs next season because of people using pyro this season. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. I mean, I guess, as you say, maybe the young, more younger supporters, there's this hashtag going around Twitter, and I'm sure you've seen it, and it was sent back to me when I, when I was called a killjoy, which is no pyro, no party. Um, I've written a, a blog on West Ham Till I Die, that will be coming out tomorrow, which says uh, no pyro, no party, no ban. And hopefully people can start to get the message out on Twitter, social networking and everything else. That at the end of the day, you know, forget about, you know, whether someone gets killed. I, I understand that's been a, you know, a unique, um, a one-off event and it won't happen all the time, but it could. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it will affect them. They won't be able to see their club. They will either end up with a criminal record or a banning order that will stop them going to the watching the football they love. And, and hopefully that will get through to them. But um, like you, I'm not too sure at the moment. No, and as well, I think, um, you know, I've, I've got my theories as to why we're seeing such an increase in pyro. I think it, it first perhaps started because younger fans in particular feel a little alienated from the game, you know, that they're bored of constantly being told football's a family affair, sit down, shut up, we don't want you youngsters, youngsters, how old does that make me sound? We, <laughs> we, we don't want you younger fans standing up at the back and creating an atmosphere. So, you know, I, I'm not a psychologist, but I wouldn't be at all surprised if, if that was a trigger for these um, younger fans, particularly using pyro. And now it seems to have spread so much, and it's almost become a competition. Oh, well, so-and-so let off five smoke bombs next week. Let's see if we can better what they did at, at our away game. And it is troubling because, you know, of all sorts of impacts it can have both on them and um, their fellow supporters too. 
Yeah, no, I know. I agree. Um, I think it is becoming a competition. Hopefully the FA are going to stamp it out. Hopefully clubs are going to have zero tolerance on this and not turn a blind eye anymore. If people want to find facts out about it, I believe you put some information on the website, haven't you, on the FSF website? Yeah. What, what's the address for that? The Amanda? address of the FSF website is um, <laughs> S for football, S for supporters, S for federation, .org, .uk, and my my Twitter address is again S for football, S for supporters, S for federation underscore fair cop, and I will put out the information from time to time about yeah. the legalities of pyro and the consequences of using it too. Um, but yeah, you know, I think let, let, let's we we always have this sort of crackdown talk after the event. I think what we need to see, Sean, is as I said, and an imaginative properly targeted campaign at the demographic of supporters who use pyrotechnics because talk of clamping down is no real deterrent at all. You, no. you know, it, it's like we, we've had in the news recently, haven't we, about um, younger drivers and not insuring them until they get to a certain age or whatever. That isn't going to stop younger drivers driving at 90 miles an hour. And in the same way, threats of um, clamp down banning orders I don't think is necessarily going to deter a lot of people from using them. It might deter a few and I really really hope it does because I don't want to talk to young men you know the morning after the night before when all their bravado is gone and they you know I say well you might go to prison and I then get quite a tearful really am I? So yeah in the cold light of day a prison sentence isn't big and it's not clever is it? Yeah I, I know that obviously when I first came across you on Twitter, you're there for if you know not just if people get you know arrested with fireworks, but you're there if people get as a caseworker if people get arrested for all kinds of reasons as football fans. So they can contact you via Twitter, can't they? If if there's a problem, if, if there's been police heavy-handedness or etc., and they find themselves arrested, they can get advice from the Football um, Supporters Federation. Yeah, absolutely. Whether you've been arrested and charged or arrested and bailed pending further inquiries, if you've been served with a banning order application, or if you're unhappy about aspects of policing and stewarding, then yes, you can get in touch with us. Um, and all, com all conversations are entirely confidential. We categorically do not pass details on to anybody at all. And we're very fortunate in the fact that we've got two very, very good solicitors, one criminal, one civil, who will give a certain amount of advice to support us free of charge. So I would, wouldn't want to think anybody is deterred from contacting us because they're worried that they're going to get a five-figure bill at the end of it. They're not. Um, yeah. As I said, initial advice will be given free of charge. And, you know, some listening might say, well, on one hand, she's saying that you've pyro, and on the other hand, she's saying we offer legal advice. Um, ultimately, you know, whatever you've done in this country, you are entitled to a defence, and you are entitled to a lawyer, and you are entitled to a fair trial. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to quickly ask you a question um, about safe standing. It's something I've supported. It's something I've written about a number of times. I, I did an article when I mentioned... Uh, you know, the, the, the um, FSF uh, Safe um, Standing Roadshow. Uh, I met John and, and spoke to John. And it's a question I asked on TV to David Gold. And, and David Gold said at the time, and this is before we got the Olympic Stadium, that if we got the Olympic Stadium, uh, we would certainly consider it there. Uh, we have got the Olympic Stadium, but of course it's not really up to us. 
um, you know, the Olympic Stadium has been designed, the LLDC really are, are designing that, and it will be up to them. But, but my understanding is, you know, it would have to change, i.e. the Premier uh, League would have to change their rule books for anyone to start designing it into their uh, stadium anyway. Um, but I think things have moved on. I don't think West Ham, West Ham has said a lot of warm things about safe standing, but they haven't actually come and back it. But I think a few more clubs have, haven't they, Amanda? Yes, they have. Um, just quickly on the Olympic Stadium. Now, I'm by no means a property expert, but I did used to work in property before I became heavily involved in the Football Supporters Federation. In a nutshell, if a tenant wants to make alterations be they minor or substantial structural um, alterations to their stadiums or their property, then they can apply to the landlord to make those alterations. So I think Mr Gold might be being slightly disingenuous. Yeah, I, I guess the problem is here, and I'm, I'm not here to protect him, but I, I, I obviously sit, sit on the supporters' advisory board and heard both sides of it. I think the problem is, you know, this stadium costs over £500 million. Uh, it's costing another 100 and something million to turn into a football stadium. I'm just not sure how much everybody's going to stomach spending another amount of money to then put safe standing in it, if, if I'm completely honest. Um, I'm but, no mathematician either, but again, if, if people visit the safe standing um, section on the Football Supporter Federation website, there will be sort of hypothetical mathematical calculations on there um, which have worked out that safe standing areas will in effect pay for themselves, whether it's the Olympic right. Stadium or Old Trafford. And we were hugely encouraged last week when Man United were the, probably one of the first big clubs um, to stick their head above the parapet and say, yes, we would actually like to consider safe standing and look at wow. um, safe standing trials. So where are we with the safe standing trials and what are the Premier League saying at the moment or are they not saying anything at the moment? The, the, the Premier League aren't saying very much at all at the moment um, but we're hoping that now, I mean, well we have got support from a number of Premier League clubs including Aston Villa and Crystal Palace but yeah. we're hoping as I said now that Manchester United have come out and said yes we're interested in this it might open the floodgates and, and give other clubs I don't, know, I don't know if confidence is the right word, but they might think, oh, well, if Man United have said that they can do it or are interested, maybe the timing is right now, right for us now to say that um, we too can look at it. But the first step, Sean, is to um, look at introducing trials of yeah. safe standing areas in, into small areas of ground. And I think if we're successful in getting those trials, if those trials in turn are successful, then that's really going to strengthen the campaign. But we're certainly a lot, lot further forward than we were this time two years ago. So would there be a, have to be a change in the law? Because I've, I've read, you know, what, what everything says of, you know, the Taylor report says that every supporter must have a seat, but they must not, they don't, it doesn't say they've got a sitting it. If you're taking out those seats and putting in self-standing, which I know can be converted to seats, does the law need to change to even get to this trial level, or what's the view of... At, at the moment, we're campaigning to have the areas trialled, and our understanding is that that won't require a change in the law. If we want to see larger areas, such as behind the goal, which is normally where you find most supporters standing up, then yes, the law would have to be changed. But of course, that's the irony, isn't it? Um, we've got all-seater stadiums at the moment, but 
fans are standing in numbers from yep. low hundreds to high yep. thousands. Well, they do in my, as you know, I've said before, in my in my stance, so Trevor Brooking lower and in Bobby Moore lower, everybody stands and have has done for, for many minutes. Years. Yeah, um, if you ask any supporter in the Bobby, Bobby Moore lower, when was the last time they sat down? I don't think anyone would say within the last 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. And Lord Justice Taylor, I think if he was alive today, he might reassess his um, opinions in, in the report because he said also, um, you know, fans will soon get used to sitting down. And they quite clearly haven't. No. And w whatever measures are taken um, just haven't worked and won't work. Yeah, I mean, the, the problem we have is occasionally we have some people come in the Bobby Moore lower or, or um, Bobby, uh, the Sir Trevor Brook in lower who really doesn't don't know very much their, you know, it's their first time at football. They choose to sit, go in one of these places not knowing that you can't sit down. Well, you can, but you won't see anything. So it's unfair on them often that they go to a place, the club won't warn them because they can't condone this, and then, then suddenly they're sitting with a restrictive view that they have to stand and... You know, if it was designated, you'd know straight away, this is a standing area, this is a sitting area, and you make your own choice as a fan. Absolutely, and I think what's often missed about our campaigning is we are every bit about as much the supporter who wants to sit as we are the supporter who wants to stand. You know, it, it's not fair if somebody visits the Berlin for the first time and ends up in the Bobby Moore Lower expecting to sit and then has to stand for 90 minutes. And it, it's also not fair, you know, particularly at away games when there's more of a natural tendency to stand up, to assume that everybody wants to stand. If we had separate designated areas, the sitters could sit in peace and the standers could stand in peace and we'd all be happy. Excellent. And that's a really good place to leave it there, Amanda. And thank you very much for being our guest on More Than Just a Podcast. Uh, one last time, if people want to follow you on Twitter, where can they find you? They can find me at F for Football, F for Supporters, F for Federation, underscore Fair Cop, FSF underscore Fair Cop. Thanks, Amanda. Bye. pleasure. Thank you, Sean. Off there is. Uh, that was Amanda Jacks from the <laughs> Football Supporters Federation. Uh, she had yeah. a... A lot of insights there onto the the police in around the uh, flares and safe standing and the Olympic Stadium and David Gold. Just, just know, I know a lot of people think I'm a killjoy. A lot of the hashtag Buzz no killing pyro, them. no party, but it's just not worth it. That's no what I say. Pyro, it's not, no party. Have you not seen that? That's <laughs> no. the hashtag. No pyro, no party. That's what these George will know that, won't you, George? Oh yeah, Being, yeah. I started it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> next on the agenda is the, the local community tickets. Um, so there was rumours that around 2,500 tickets were sold at the discounted rate of £5 to the local community surrounding the Upton Park area. Um, I wasn't at the game, so I can't really comment to see if anyone was there. Sean and John, do you want to take this one? My only um, question then, Sean, is your information and your Sean is the responsible knowledge. Is... Uh, is it a fact that the club sold 2,500 tickets to a Category A game which was sold out to the local community for £5 a head? So first of all, I want to say I spoke a, a source close to the club told me that there's a lot of misinformation um, about what happened and how it was sold. So first of all, it wasn't West Ham. It's part of the deal with the West Ham sports west ham community sports trust i don't know if you've heard of them but they do a lot of things with the local community and they had a deal 
offer discounted tickets. I don't know whether it was 2000 or 2500 I don't have that information. But in, in some ways, it's irrelevant. Could you find that, please, Sean? I will do. But From your source close to I, the club? I, I do understand that, yes, some of them were sold as cheap as a fiver. Whether they all were sold, I don't know. I will find that out tomorrow. My source close to the club told me that they would make an announcement today on the website and they, they have to clear yeah. it up. Um, they have made it completely clear that the tickets were sold to, um, you know, different religions, races. Uh, you know, there was no picking out. I think people have said, you know, they were sold to Muslims. That's not true. I mean, yes, there were that's not more. My, Patron, that's not my question. No, I know, I'm but that's not the question. Who, I don't care who they were sold to. It was a, ca- you what, a category A thing, game where it was sold out and they were they were selling discounted tickets. Well, they doesn't wanted, make any sense. Apparently wanted to make it a category A game to see top football. Um, so when what, we, we get kids for a quid for like, you know, you, you'll get that for the Cardiff game or, you know, we well, won't get it for the Cardiff game, but you'll, you know, you'll get it for the Stoke game and all that. You get your kids for a quid. You get the discounted tickets for yeah. everybody else. I understand the, what you're saying, the, but we do need... It was John. good to see a diverse... Oh, yeah, John. Yeah. It was good to see a diverse community. Uh, I thought but, some minority let down... You know, I heard the P word being used against some members of our local community, um, and I didn't think that was on. I'll tell you what wasn't on, and, and maybe which, and it was a bit of a mistake. Some members of the local community had come there in the West Ham end to support Man City. Now... That was a mistake, and someone should have briefed them. You don't start jumping up when Man City scores a goal, because that's going to end in grief. It just, um, it just doesn't make any sense, you know. And, and I know people talked about prayer at half time because there's a sunset prayer um, for certain religions, but again, you know, we live in a one of the diverse places in the world, London, um, and I still think there's some bigots out there. And Sean, you've completely gone off the point. That's yeah, but I'm not saying point. what you're saying, but that's a lot what a lot of people have been saying on these up Mother Brown. That's what's been said by other forums. I'm covering them all off, not your point. Your point is about discounting tickets while devaluing the season well, ticket, yeah. isn't it? I mean, there's, yeah. there's, there's a whole raft of people who can't afford to go to Category A games, but they could do if they were giving them for a fiver. It's just, so, it's just wrong. Yeah, it is wrong. Mm. Anyway, we are going on a bit on this podcast, so let's quickly wrap this one up. So, more than just podcast, Fantasy League update. So, Sean, of course, tops it with the massive 493 points. 67 points this week. Uh, George comes a close second with 478 points. Well done, points. George. Thank you. Jumping up from fourth. That's just 15 points behind Sean, in case I you know. didn't know. Uh, next place presenter is John, down at 40th with 410 points. That's a, that's a drop, by the way. And Reese is all the way down to 93rd with 361 <laughs> points. That's a play. drop. He doesn't know how to do it, apparently. Mm-hmm. So it's a taking part. And uh, last place <laughs> is 120th. It's Charlie Manley with only 253 points. So keep it up, Charlie. I lead most of the other West Ham leagues, by the way, just to point that in there. <laughs> well, that just proves how sad you are, Sean, leading other leagues. Mm. How much spare time you must have on yeah. your hands to... Manipulate, keep picking it out, keep telling us. Uh, do we have any Facebook or Twitter comments, Sean? Do you have anything on Twitter, Sean? I'm just checking. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> on Facebook, Except we for, have no. Robert, Robert, Jesse, 
who said, just listen to the podcast Flashpoint. It's brilliant. And that was uh, a few days ago, but he's, he's oh, just listened to nice. it. So I forgot to thank you. Well done, George. I really liked Flashpoint. You really I hope liked it. Makes it, it into the charts. Were you enlightened or liked it? I Nig- liked it. Nigel Khan says on Facebook, as it's a West Ham podcast, please could you discuss how the Cum Club how the club come about to see fit to dispose of 2,500 tickets that should cost £52 for £5. We've already covered that, I think. Mm. And Paul Gaish says to Nigel, where was that? (laughs) 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 So, a high interactivity day on our Facebook and Twitter pages. Can I chat? So, Sean, you've got a big exclusive to reveal before we leave the podcasting studio. This is an exclusive to more than just a podcast. Uh, a source close to the training ground tells me today that Andy Carroll will return for the Aston Villa game, which I believe is on the 2nd November. I understand he's only on the bench, but I'm sure we would all welcome the return of the prodigal son, Andy Carroll. <laughs> or the prodigal. Yes. Are you excited about that? Uh, <laughs> not yet. We'll wait and see if it happens, shall we? As long as he doesn't break down in training. Exactly. Or cry. On his on the pitch whilst he's back. So what's left, George? Come uh, on, Just predictions, predictions for the next Swansea. game. That's a difficult one. Friday, anyone? Ooh. Uh, when you start? Swansea away. Swansea away, 3-2 uh, two to Swansea. 2-0 two Swansea. 0-0. I'm going to go for a cheeky 1-0 win. I think we'll park the bus and Ravel Morrison will get a cheeky goal. 1-0. Thank you very much. All three points. Good night. (laughs) There you go. Very good. Sound like that guy out of the IT. Good night. Thank you, everybody, for listening to I'm Just Podcast Podcast. 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 Uh, Podcast. Goodbye from me, George, in the studio. And Rhys will say bye now. I'll say bye now. And Sean will... Oh, John will say bye now. Yeah, bye. And then Sean, you're in Effingham. goodbye from me from Effingham. Cheerio. Cheerio. Come on, you irons. Bye. Bobby Moore. More than just a podcast. Bobby Moore. More than just a podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 